but what is the v unique value you bring to others? It could be an organization. It could be your customers. It could be your family or community. It doesn't matter. What is the unique value you bring to others? Because that's your unique spark of contribution. I humbly believe that great leaders are measured on what they give to others, not what they take from others. Angel of light, coming to me. Show me what I need to see. Welcome to the Small Victories Podcast. I'm your host, Pauline Victoria, an inspirational thought leader that offers transformational perspectives based on my unique experiences as a woman born without arms and legs. I feel like my life has been full of small victories that has led me to discover the greatness within. I believe that there is no summit upon which we reach our greatness. I believe it is a culmination of small victories achieved moment by moment when we turn toward the inward battle where we get to choose despair or hope, misery or miracles, defeat or victory. My goal is to awaken your potential, your purpose and your power so that you can discover the greatness that lives within you. Think of this podcast as your weekly portion of tools, stories, and teachings that help you reflect on the small victories in your life. Thanks for tuning in and let's begin. Thanks for joining another episode of the Small Victories Podcast. I'm your host, Pauline Victoria. Greatness and mediocrity. Where does the difference lie? Simon T., a premier speaker on resilience, inspiration, and innovation, says there's only a 2% difference between greatness and mediocrity. Founder and chief inspiration officer of Elevate Your Greatness, Simon focuses his energy on helping others find and ignite their passion for achieving their greatness. Simon has facilitated hundreds of sessions and sparked energetic conversations about innovation and business transformation. An international keynote speaker, Simon has addressed over 50,000 people at conferences, training seminars, and workshops. Simon, thanks for coming on the show. It's truly an honor. Thanks, Pauline. It's a real, it's a real honor for me too. I'm going to ask you to start with what you are grateful for. Mm, you know what? I think this has been a really hard year for many people with the pandemic and many people have lost loved ones and many people have had impacts on their health. And so I think at the most humblest level, you have to start off with those most basic things, having your health, having your family around you, and having those that you love. And I think those are the things which are your cornerstone of your greatness and what I'm most grateful for. Greatness. We use that word a lot. Speakers use it. I mean, I say it a lot in my podcast. The greatness already exists within you. From your perspective, how do you define greatness? Mm. You know, Pauline, I think it's that little spark of difference. It's that little sliver, the 2% difference that really makes the magic happen. I mean, at the end of this month in July, the, the Olympic Games are going to start, right? Albeit with all the restrictions and constraints. And we're going to see the world's top talent, athletes in every discipline there. And if you think about, let's take, I don't know, Olympic swimming. What is the difference between the person who becomes in first, gets the gold, and comes in 10th? Probably it's a little fraction of a few seconds, if that. 
And let's be honest, the person who gets golds gets the accolades of the world. The person who comes in 10th or 15th, who is still an incredible athlete, is known by their mum. So really, when you think about it, the difference is not what almost sometimes you are, it's what people perceive that difference to be. And it can be in any walk of life. Um, when I was reading this article about Four Seasons, the, the kind of the luxury hotel, the f- you know, five-star hotel, and it was, they, they'd done extensive research of their customers, repeat customers, their loyal customers, about why they kept coming back. And Four Seasons is known to be a touch above all the other five-star hotel brands. And they thought it was to do with their concierge service, their customer service, and yes, it was. But when they dug down, one of the things that really made a difference is that the Four Seasons, you can choose your own pillow. Now that seems so irrelevant and such a small crumb of difference. But if you're a traveler and you've traveled halfway across the world, getting a good night's sleep is essential. So for them and their customers, having the choice of a pillow was that little slither of greatness, that little personal touch. And many times when you're an entrepreneur and in a business, what differentiates you is not your offering. It's those little parts around your offering that make you something special and make your customers turn into raging fans. Is our greatness defined more by what other people perceive or by what we perceive? You know, I think it's a a mixture of both, right? Let's go back to those athletes on the podium. We worship them, put them on that podium in front of all the media cameras because of what they have achieved. But their journey to greatness was every miserable, wet training regime at five o'clock in the morning. Greatness isn't just the end point, it's the journey to get you there. And so you can think about that in other uh, incredible histories of great people. Think of Martin Luther King's famous I Have a Dream speech, probably one of the greatest pieces of spoken word ever that inspires people to this day. But he didn't just get up there and do it. That was 20, 30 years, those 10,000 hours of working and becoming a speaker. I'm sure if you had met him in the early 40, late 40s or 50s, and he was speaking on the back of a bus to five people. He might not have been as good, but his greatness and his passion drew him on. And that's why he became such an incredible speaker and inspirer of change. A lot of people in our society, especially today, are attached to this instant gratification, right? Mm -hmm. They think, oh, well, I should just wake up and be great. And they forget the work, the 10,000 hours it requires to become a master at something. How does one stay committed to sticking with something so that one day you do wake up and the greatness is not only perceived by you, but is perceived by others? I think from the outset is knowing that any journey, personal journey of transformation, professional journey of transformation, switching careers, changing careers, building a business is a rocky road. It's not a smooth highway. And I think knowing that from the outset, and you'll be surrounded by doubters and naysayers and critics, you have to build that resilience to continue on the journey. I think it was Muhammad Ali said that, you know, I hated every morning workout, but it was why I became a champion. And it's recognizing you don't get to paint the masterpiece first time round. 
The Sistine Chapel wasn't painted by Michelangelo because he just picked up a brush and did it. There were thousands of sketches and ideas that had to be thought through and made and actually created to refine the idea into something of value. One thing I love is I remember reading about Thomas Edison, who invented the light bulb, famously took 10,000 ways to try it. But another piece which I found really fascinating, by the way, he was a highly successful entrepreneur, had 5,000 uh, patents to his name. But one thing I found really remarkable is that he kept a journal of ideas. Every idea he had on a daily basis, he would actually write down those ideas in his journal. And every idea, it doesn't matter if they're good, bad, or frankly, really ugly, he wrote them down. And at the end of every month, he would look through that journal and he would literally read through all those ideas and filter which ones he thought had value to move forward to the next day. And that's what made him such an incredible, creative, inventive genius. And if you think about your guests today, I'm sure, like you and I, Pauline, I mean, you probably had 10 ideas already today. Most ideas we have float away like butterflies in spring because we don't capture them. So one way you can actually build that discipline towards incredible greatness is get an ideas journal. I don't care if you do it on your phone or you write it down and commit to if you really want to supersize this, an ideas quota every day, five ideas a day. And you, by the way, you can do this with your teams as well. Ask them to commit to five ideas per day or per week. And suddenly you've opened up the aperture of possibilities and you see the sparks of your greatness within them. My, my whole podcast is based around this idea that our greatness doesn't exist on some summit, you know, some mm -hmm. great accolade or big accomplishment. It's the growth moments along the way in which we can recognize our greatness. So from your perspective, what are some things that people can do to stop and start recognizing, you know, the idea book is a good, the idea journal is a good um, way to start seeing that we're full of ideas, but this is kind of related to the whole resilience topic, mm -hmm. right? Because you know, naysayers, doubters, yes, they are there. But I feel like oftentimes, especially as an entrepreneur, we're our biggest naysayer and doubter. And the resilience, I think, is related to taking the time to see, look how far I've come already, even though I may not have hit the summit yet, I, I'm still getting to where I need to go. But I can still stop and recognize the greatness that I have within me. What are your thoughts on helping people recognize those moments of greatness and resilience? So that way they keep on going. It's a great motivation to keep on going toward that summit. Mm -hmm. I remember uh, speaking to a mountaineer who actually had summited Everest. And I asked him, how long did it take you? And you'd expect it to be like a week or month for the actual climb. He said seven years, because in order to climb Everest, you had to climb the peak before and the peak before and the peak before and the peak before and the peak before. And if you stretch and unroll that carpet all the way, they're very humble peaks and mountains. And you don't build an empire, a business empire on day one, Rome was not built on a in seven in a day. It was built over hundreds of years. The fact is every summit is an incredible summit. And I think there's important to celebrate your victory at every summit. 
Your first sale is, is your Everest today. Your hundredth sale is your Everest tomorrow, et cetera, et cetera. And I think the other thing with the resilience piece is, is really to understand acceptance. So the first step of resilience is, is acceptance. It doesn't mean surrendering to fate, but accept the situation you're in today right now. And when you've accepted that, not surrendered, you can then find those small points of control, those levers that help you see progress, those levers that help you move forward. And those levers help you actually turn even a, a difficult situation into something that is positive that you grow from. And you build that, you know, not, not a tougher hide, but a greater resilience in yourself. And acknowledge doubt. You know, we all have doubts. There is nobody who is made, you know, Iron Man made of steel. Yeah. We are, we have doubts. We have, we have often with the worst critic is ourselves. So acknowledge your feelings on that journey, but know the passion that drives you forward. And the last thing I think in resilience is action, humble or huge. Action builds momentum. And if you are dealing with naysayers, who could be your family members, who maybe want to protect you from failure and disappointment, action and demonstrating even humble successes can actually turn them from maybe even naysayers into people who are actually your greatest fans. The opposite of greatness is mediocrity. Mm -hmm. And many people settle for mediocrity. Why do you think that is? I think if you look at the literature on things like flow and getting in a flow state and truly being that creative place, A, it can be difficult to get into that place. And um, some people can be scared of that place, that being out of their comfort zone. So they settle for what is ordinary. They settle for the certain. And anybody who's ever built a business or grown a business has to understand they will not be in control. You'll make decisions on 20, 30, 40% of data. If you wait for everything to come in, you've missed the boat. So I think that's a key piece. Another way though is, and it's interesting when you listen to people, how they explain themselves. Most people, and they've done research on this and job interviews, most people describe themselves as skills literally as skills. Now, skills sharpened to a craft, to a mastery in craft are something exceptional, but most people talk about themselves as skills. I'm a project manager, I'm a this, I'm a that and whatever. The challenge is most skills are commodities. You can go onto the, into the market and buy an hour of that skill. What you're basically saying when you, you list, and by the way, you, if you've ever been on an interview panel when some people talk like this, the blood drains from their face. They're not inspired. You're not inspired. And everybody goes away miserable. It's, it's, it's almost like a shopping trolley at the supermarket. And it's literally full of tins of beans and other things. Every commodity has a price tag. And that's what you're telling me you are worth. A little bit more refined, and this is people maybe a bit educated, more educated, they talk about their experiences. And their experiences is a little bit more of a richer development of that sense of skills. What I find remarkable about really incredible people, those great sparks that you meet, is that they tell something different about the, the way they speak about themselves and what they do as entrepreneurs, as leaders, as leaders in their families and the communities. It doesn't matter. They talk about what drives them. You meet someone at a party, what do they do? They say, I am an X. 
Mm. Instead, they say what drives them. And the interesting thing is, even if you aren't in agreement with what drives them, you are actually inspired by their drive. You're actually in think, wow, that's really incredible. This is a really you know, interesting, attractive kind of human being, charismatic. And they tell what, what driven by them. I remember reading um, Nelson Mandela's book, A Long Walk to Freedom. And the very front of that book, he's literally sitting around an old wooden table in a shack and saying, I'm driven to change this country. I'm going to commit my life to changing this country. And he did over 20 odd years in imprisonment, all the rest of it. And think about that was the kernel of the movement that made that country's change his drive, his passion inspiring other people. And if you really want to supersize that, think about this is not just what you're driven by, but what is the unique value you bring to others? It could be an organization. It could be your customers. It could be your family or community. It doesn't matter. What is the unique value you bring to others? Because that's your unique spark of contribution. I humbly believe that great leaders are measured on what they give to others, not what they take from others. If you take recognition, I don't think you're a great leader. If you give recognition, opportunity, talent, and ideas, you can become an extraordinary leader in whatever sector you're in. I attended this program one time called CEO Space, and they said you can come in and you can ask people two questions. What do you do and how can I serve you? And the premise was that you get what you want by helping others get what they want. Kind of very similar to what you just said of great leaders give more than take. I really appreciate that. And I'm wondering, as you're talking, I'm I'm trying to think, okay, how do we change the narrative? Like at a party, you know, instead of saying, oh, what do you do? It would be awkward to be like, oh, what drives you? You know, (laughs) but- but, but I, I remember, I remember did a, I did a talk and it was to EMS, ambulance professionals who deal with all sorts of traumas and tragedies. And in part, it was about resilience and their experience with the resilience and dealing with all the terrible things that happen. And, he, and one of the individuals said, what people ask me at parties is what was the worst crash you ever went to? And that's obviously the worst question you can ask, ask them. In fact, Ask the question, tell me what was the response call that made you feel most proud, right? That you felt you gave the most. That opened the door to an incredible discussion about why they did it. We talked about resilience. That's a job where you're dealing with tragedy almost on a daily basis. But it's those little points that make people incredibly proud of what they do that actually inspires them to continue in the job and give the most to other people. Just a little reframe can help us recognize our own greatness. Okay, so resilience, reframing our perspectives, what else contributes to one's greatness? So they're in that 2% between greatness and mediocrity. And just to cap off that idea of the resilience, as an entrepreneur, as a leader, you you never bounce back to the same point. We know this from the pandemic. We are not going back to last February or whenever this began. The future will be a hybrid. The key is to bounce forward to a new spot and to be adaptable with that new place. I think greatness is about the ability and willingness to adapt. It doesn't matter what your field, you could be an artist, you could be a a musician, you could be an entrepreneur in a different business. All great leaders remain learners. 
humble learners of something new. And I think if you're not willing to question your assumptions, question the way you're doing things, question your business models, all of those things on a regular basis, you can become stale and stagnant, but also you can actually then default to a kind of a mediocrity and acceptance of that. So I think the willingness to kind of open that aperture and learn is a key point in actually helping you adapt to the unforeseen, but also reach a higher level. I love that. I feel like I adapt my entire life. (laughs) I live in a world not made for me, so I'm always adapting. So I got that check. Uh, Okay. So resilience and adaptability, humble learning. I love that. I believe I, I agree with you there where great leaders have a sense of humility in, un, in not denying their greatness, but understanding that there's still so much more to learn that they don't know it all. And that's a great position to put yourself in. Yeah. I mean, if you think about great people we admire in sports, in writing, in politics, it doesn't matter what they're professional or, or business. The ones we truly admire are those people who give us the inside story to their struggle. Actually, somebody who says it was amazing, I was amazing, everything I've touched, I Midas has turned to gold, inspires no one because you don't believe them to begin with. And we often say this, we see pop stars who will embrace a fan. It's that humility, that human connection. I think that even when you are, let's say, a powerful, wealthy or whatever it may be, is that humility to remain centered on what is important to you. We spoke at the very beginning about what I'm grateful, most grateful for, my family, my friends, my community. That grounding, sense being grounded, helps you deal with all of those other stresses and helps you, I think, become a great leader in itself. Uncertainty seems to be the word of the last year, not just with COVID and a lot of people with their businesses, Um, our political climates, like, I feel like uncertainty is just scattered everywhere. But even as an entrepreneur, I know, looking at my business, I have a, a level of uncertainty, you know, it's not like you're going to a job, and someone's telling you what to do. And mm-hmm. there's a sense of security in somebody else guiding you. But when you're an entrepreneur, we're in a place where like, okay, I'm going to take action. I'm going to do it messy. And I don't know if this is the right direction to go. There's a lot of uncertainty there. So whether it be an entrepreneur or someone who's been struggling with the last year with COVID, what advice or guidance would you give to somebody who has that level of uncertainty? Listen, there's lots of unforeseen events that have happened in the pandemic. There's been people have lost employment. They've lost businesses. People have had to reinvent themselves. They've looked for different work. They've you know, lost their homes even. These are tragedies in real people's lives. One way to frame that though is, is understand that all change is about disruption. If you change yourself, you're on a spiritual journey or whatever it may be, all change is a journey. It's a disruption. It disrupts the rhythm, the pattern. If you want to know what change is really, it's like it is about replacing kind of the the old patterns with something new. Patterns, behaviors, thoughts, mindset, whatever you want to call it. It's about replacing those patterns. And asking, I always think about this when I talk to clients and coach clients is, does the suit fit today? Because so often the persona, who we are, what we've been is actually a manifestation of what we were. 
Maybe you're at a different point in your life, different ambitions to life. Maybe you've rediscovered something or an old, an old dream. And it does, do the clothes fit today? And ask those questions when you're dealing with uncertainty and say, is this an opportunity for me to change? Throw off those constraining clothes, embrace something new. I mean, it is often said in times of disruption, times of depression, times of economic hardship, all of the great companies are born. People see gaps in the market, unmet needs, and they leap on them and create something which is magical. I mean, the last point to this is, and in these uncertain times is this, when you're doing something new, it's like hacking a path through the jungle. It's messy. It's dark. You know, there's lots of foliage. You can barely see the sun. And where you're going isn't really that clear, but it's still worth making the trek because you're doing something magnificent in your own life. Humble or huge, it doesn't matter. Action today results in change tomorrow. Oh, I love that. Humble or huge, action today results in change tomorrow. If you're listening to this, I'd highly recommend writing that down. I think I'm going to write it down and put it on a post-it and put it in front of me so I can see that because I feel like a lot of entrepreneurs today struggle with the motivation to keep on going. I mean, you're like in it for a year or two years, or some people have been in it for longer and they just don't see much results. It's a culmination of, of everything. And as long as you keep remembering to take action, that's is what it's important. I feel like there has been so many nuggets of wisdom that you have shared with us, Simon. Is there anything else that you'd like to say on greatness versus mediocrity or resilience? I think the, the key about the 2% and that 2% of magic is it's not to say that you live in the stars and that everything's going to be magically beautiful. Any work, any job, any leadership role, you will know probably 80% of your work, your daily work is administrative, boring, tiring, stresses you out. It's energy sucking. It's the energy vampire stuff. Probably 15% of your work is really interesting. You're creating value. But there is that just little spark of that two, three, five percent, whatever it may be, that you actually feel you're working in your complete miracle zone. And so I think the best way in it is to, you know, if you're if you are feeling burnt out, if you are feeling all those stresses and strain, is work out what's your personal cocktail to work in that zone. What is your personal cocktail to get into that zone? You know, it could be waking up a bit earlier when the world is quiet. It could be, you know, spending an hour to yourself at the night when the world is, is thinking about sleep. It could be just taking a time to walk in the park or walk in nature. It doesn't matter. But what does it take? Is it a yoga session? Is it breathing? Is it spirituality? Is it prayer? Whatever it takes, what is your personal recipe to unlock that kind of that magic time? To be creative, to allow yourself to be creative, to, to remember why you're doing this. The moments when you take the greatest pride. And I think if you give yourself that opportunity, it'll cocoon you from all of the other kind of that, that avalanche of all of those immense trivias that can so consume our lives and honestly are the ones that bring stress to our lives. Thank you so much, Simon. It has been quite a pleasure to have you on this show. You have shared with us so many different insights into 
what greatness is, whether it's perceived from the outside or in from the inside and how we can take notice of our own greatness and adapt and be resilient in a world that is uncertain. I I just want to thank you so much for sharing all of your experiences and tips for other people to recognize the greatness within. Here are this episode's takeaways. Greatness is not only the end point, but the journey. It's the hours, sweat, and energy that is put into becoming great that really highlights one's greatness. Keep an idea journal. Write down five ideas every day and choose the ones that have value to move forward on. Acceptance is key in recognizing your greatness and resilience. Each peak is a victory to be celebrated. Humble or huge actions today creates results of change tomorrow. You don't have to have all of the information to make a decision. If you wait, you'll have missed the boat. Don't hesitate to make decisions. People refer to themselves as skills. Skills can be traded and bought as a commodity. Great people talk about what drives them, not what skill they have. Great leaders give more than they take. Once leaders level up or shift, they never go back to where they started. It's not about bouncing back. It's about bouncing forward. Greatness is the willingness and ability to adapt. Change is all about disruption. It disrupts a behavior, pattern, or mindset. When confronted with unforeseen circumstances, we can ask ourselves, is this an opportunity for me to change? Identify your personal cocktail that will put you in the flow so you can be creative and remember why you do what you do. I want to thank Simon for being on the podcast. I believe each of us has greatness within us, but Simon did touch upon some key factors that helps that greatness rise to the top. Resilience, adaptability, humble, and huge actions. When we apply these elements to our lives in real time, your greatness will become apparent to you and to others. And at each peak, we can know victory. Thank you for listening. And until we meet again, be blessed. Angel of light, come into me. Show me what I need to see. You are my pathway into the light Lead me from shadows to light You Smile